Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I'm still reeling, Adam. I, I, I am still in absolute and utter disbelief. Is your door locked? Chicago- <laughs> um, well, I, I've gotten into that habit, but after the events that transpired on Tuesday, I don't think I can anymore because that was some quality, quality content, number one. Number two my heart is broken into a thousand pieces. I can imagine, you know, listening as I was editing it, listening to the, that episode over, you'd almost think that Al Robinson was God forbid murdered in cold blood from the way that you sounded. Almost the same. Especially we, if Nick Foles is going to be his quarterback, almost the same thing. Maybe his career was murdered in cold blood. Now, if they bring in Russell Wilson, we're in the money. God, it's the new, the new hotness. Move over to Sean Watson. Nobody's doing anything with you. It's Russell Wilson. Everybody loves Russell Wilson. Who doesn't love Russell Wilson? He's a great I guy. I do love Russell Wilson, but I'm saying everybody loves him as the new talking point of the offseason. Well, you don't love Russell Wilson as much as you love Drew Brees. I don't think I've ever met anybody who loves Drew Brees as much as you do. He, I mean, he just reminds me of a better Chad Pennington who's won a Super Bowl. Ugh. Not a fan. Not a fan of Drew Brees. He's not a fan of the Saints in general. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's a personal thing. That is, yes. I, absolutely, I cannot hide that. That is a personal vendetta that I have is against the New Orleans Saints. So if, you were, if, you, if you're a New Orleans Saint, I'm not going to like you. Sorry. Unless you're Marshawn Lattimore. That's different. That's very different. And to to an extent, to an extent, Michael Thomas, to an extent, we have a we had a rocky relationship this past year. Marshawn Lattimore, totally fine because they both had a great university. Gotcha. Yes. So they they get Marshawn Lattimore gets a free pass. Michael Thomas gets like a uh, I guess he gets like a one time hall pass. I, I guess if you want to call it that. Is this like a Big Ten thing? Is that why you don't like Drew Brees? Oh, no. I just I just loathe Drew Brees as a human being. I think he's a phony. That's besides the point. I mean, I really shouldn't that like Drew Brees because of the stuff that he said about it. I don't like the stuff that Drew Brees has said you know, about the anthem and stuff. I, I like Drew Brees as a player. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I just don't like him, period. <laughs> and I don't like the Saints because they took my head coach, so. Well, future head coach. There's a chance. There, there, there's a small chance that. We'll- no, well, I'm saying at the time, I, th- Sean Payton probably would have been the next in line if. Oh yeah. A- after after uh, Parcells left. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been. What a squad. Yeah, but then it was Wade Phillips. Yeah, it totally worked out. You know what's funny is that the best head coach that we've had after Parcells has been Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips was only there for like a year and a half. Still is the best coach that we've had. I didn't think you went to the playoffs with Wade Phillips. the best coach that we've had. All right, then. Jason Garrett? Really? I guess. I don't know. Probably not. It's, you know, it's like picking between a piece of dog shit or a piece of cow shit. Okay. what's What's your favorite piece of shit? Like, that's what it is. We'll play this game. Wade Phillips or Jason Garrett? Who's a better coach? A better head coach? Better head coach, yeah. I would say Jason Garrett's a better head coach. You're out of your mind. But Wade Phillips is a better coordinator. You are out of your mind. You you are you are insane. Certifiably insane. Wade Phillips Wait. or Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy. You are out of your mind. <laughs> You are out of your mind. Jason Garrett owes five years of Tony Romo's career back, and Mike McCarthy owes about eight years of Aaron Rodgers' career back. They're better than Wade Phillips. I mean, they're not as good, but Wade Phillips is better than... Whatever. Oh, my God. Oh my god, I'm gonna have a migraine. 
Anyway. Where else has Wade Phillips been as a head coach? That like, it doesn't matter is... where it doesn't matter where he's been. I'm just saying that he's a better head coach than the other two that we've had. Granted, it's not saying much because Wade Phillips was a terrible head coach, but so is Jason Garrett and so is Mike McCarthy. I don't care that Jason Garrett had 10 years in Dallas. I don't care. He was terrible. I was saying he was bad after year one. Well, he was bad. He was awful. He was absolutely awful. But apparently 500 records just get you to be head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years. So if the Joneses want, sign my ass up. If the goal is just to be a 500 team, I could do that easy. Well, honestly, it's kind of telling because, you know, Jimmy Johnson got fired after, after winning, winning a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. After winning a fucking Super Bowl, they fired him. Yeah. Can you tell well, this brings me great angst? I can. Uh, there's a little Jets fan in you yet. Oh, of course there is. Are you kidding? I think the, the, the Cowboys and the Jets fans are long lost cousins. Probably. So for news and notes, th- more news about franchise. Yes. I also forgot. I also yes. forgot. This year marks the silver anniversary of the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Oh. I was well, reminded of that. Mazel tough. Oh, yeah, please. I mean, when, was, when did you win the Super Bowl? 50 years ago, over 50 years ago. Right, right. Two so years ago was there. the gold anniversary. Right, we're almost there. You're only halfway there. Who wins the Super Bowl first, the Cowboys or the Jets? Well, if you're going to go by current roster construction. No, 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 no. I'm just asking who wins the Super Bowl first, the Cowboys or the Jets? Not going by anything. Oh fuck! Well, I'd I'd rather be the Jets because I I don't want to see you after the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Nobody does. I don't want to see you. I think people, if the Cowboys were to win the Super Bowl, the world would block me. Yeah, no, I don't. I, don't I would be. be off the chain. Well, I think that would be how we we would be like that if the Knicks win the NBA Finals. Hundred percent. But the diff, but the big difference is that there are other people that are in our lives that are like us in terms That's of true. the Knicks. Same thing with the Rangers, other than the Islander fans who are just insufferable as, as ever. But if the Cowboys were the Super Bowl, given I am basically one of a kind, I, 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 I would be the most insufferable human being on the planet. But that is just more – that's more so of about 15 years worth of being picked on being told my team sucks my team won't win anything join the club blah blah blah, and i finally get my moment to revel but then but then it's gonna be okay you need to win one more to be the giants you gotta you gotta win one more so we we've gone from we've gone from needing to win one to now needing to win two that's the narrative that these stupid giant fans are gonna say i know it i i i See, before we go into news and notes, I don't, I don't want to drag this out because it's just turning into a rant. But I'm just, I'm hot today, Adam. I'm, I'm, it's beautiful outside. The weather's gorgeous. I'm, I'm in a fiery mood today. I think in terms of, and this could just be from personal experience. I, I don't know. I like you, Jets fans. I, I, I like you. I think it's more that I can relate to you. I could relate to your suffering to a very... To not as great of an extent. That fair to say? Yeah, no. Yeah, Jets fans have suffered a lot more. Absolutely no questions asked. The Giants fans, what their thing is, they're they're like Eagles fans. They are what they hate. And that is, they're these entitled brats that are just going to hold on to two wins, two wins with Eli. And that's it. That's it. Well, I think the the thing Giants fans have kind of a right to be entitled. Eagles fans don't because they've only won the one. Giants fans are entitled to nothing. To no, they have a right to nothing. not entitled. They have a right to be cocky because okay. they have a right to nothing. They have a right to nothing because they won their last Super Bowl nine years. It's gonna be nine years. So, so if I. If I right, am I hold am I holding on to 
a Cowboys Super Bowl win from 25 years ago versus the Giants fans holding on to a Super Bowl win from nine years ago, what's the difference? They can ask, what have you done for me lately? I can ask to them, what have they done for me lately? When was the last time they were in the playoffs? 2016. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Man, you have no idea how close this could have been. You know, like alternate universe, Adam, because almost my entire family is Giants fans, except for my family in Boston. So, are, wait, 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 wait. Before we, before we go into news and nuts, how are you a Jets fan? My family friend. He's the same reason I'm a Rangers fan, actually. Okay. It's because my family friend um, like, kind of introduced me to – well, the, okay. Well, not only is it my family friend, but also I went to my, my other friend's house in like kindergarten or preschool, and I watched the playoff game, the Nate Canning wide right playoff game. Oh yes, you've told you you have told me this. Yes, so that's why I'm a Jets fan. Ah, okay, I see. And it just so happened that my family friend that my mom has known that my mom and dad have known forever since they moved here to Port Washington, they the husband is a Jets fan and the wife is a Giants fan. So that's very interesting. But that's an interesting so dynamic. The husband and I kind of bond over over the Jets. But my dad's like a Giants fan. You know, my uncle that lives here. On Long Island is a Giants fan. My cousin's a Giants fan. And then my other and my dad's side of the family who live in Boston are all Patriots fans. Hey, you could have seen two Super Bowl wins and you could have been a very happy boy. I know. I don't know what I could have done with myself. But, I don't know what I would have done with myself. if. But I, to, be, to be fair, our relationship would be much more pretentious if you were a Giants fan. I think you mean I, would lo- I would loathe you spiritually. I, yeah, no, I think it, it would be contentious, not pretentious. It would, it would, yes, it would be contentious. I apologize. Thank you for correcting me, Adam. Yes, it would, it would in fact be contentious. Mark Cuban is pretentious. Our relationship, if I was a Giants fan, would be contentious. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I sound a little condescending when I say that. No, no, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't think so. You are, you are preaching to the choir. But yeah, so. That would have been nuts if I if I ended up being a uh, a Giants fan. But anyway, I see what you're saying. Basically, I, I see what you're saying. Fuck the New York Giants. Fuck their fans too. But if but if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, I'm taking a sabbatical from podcasts until <laughs> for, for for the month of February. I'm just saying that even if the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, I'm taking a sabbatical from podcasts. Um, I would take February. a sabbatical from podcasts because I, I wouldn't want to talk about it. I wouldn't want to talk about it. What did we say? Did we say that um, if the Cowboys and the Jets somehow meet in the Super Bowl, that we both would like record separate parts of the podcast and then have and then stitch it together? We wouldn't be in the same in the same room or in the same like area as each other. Absolutely, one thousand percent correct. If the Cowboys and the Giant and the Jets were ever in the Super Bowl together, I would not talk to you for the better part of two weeks. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing with. At any fan of any team, if the Cowboys face you in the Super Bowl, I am not talking to you for two weeks. There, there's not a chance. Cowboys, the Giants in the yeah. NFC Championship game, I would not. I, I would not talk to Giants fans for a week. Has that ever? It's weird because that never really happened, right? No, the cow never. Nope. Yeah. No, it was. It was always. It was always the 49ers. Yeah. Well, the Jets and Patriots have never met in the AFC Championship game. No, you just had your one Super Bowl. That was it. It was the it was in the divisional round. But the Jets and Dolphins met in the AFC Championship game, and that game was, you know, my, Don Shula, may he rest in peace, cheated us out of the Super Bowl. My point, still, my point still stands. Jets Patriots Super Bowl. My, I mean, it's a great game. Very much stands. It. No, I know. I'm not it arguing was, it. It, it was, was the greatest. Game. It was the greatest night of a modern Jet fan's life, winning in the divisional round up in Foxborough against the Patriots. It was a great game. It was a it was a very satisfying win. It's a shame you haven't had many like those since. No. <laughs> Anywho. So let's well, talk was, about that. Was 14 minutes of our lives. <laughs> yes, it it, sh- it sure was. <laughs> it sure was. So the the news about franchise tags, there's some more coming in. 
that we didn't get to talk about while we were recording. Um, Aaron Jones will not be franchise tagged. He is a, he's going to be hitting the open market. Johnny Smith is not receiving the franchise tag either. He's hitting the open market um, out of Baltimore. You have Matthew Judon and Yonkin Gakwe. Neither of them are getting the franchise tag. So both of them hit the open market. And something also that's interesting is Melvin Gordon, who had his DUI charges dismissed. And I have so, I have one more. Yes. Uh, so Zach Taylor uh, said that Joe Mixon has a full bill of health, that his foot is good, and that he is expected to be ready to go for if these happen, OTAs, and then eventually he will be ready to go for the opening of camp. Right, exactly. I mean, that that's definitely good. Yes. And also... Uh, news out of New Orleans is that Emmanuel Sanders has been released. Probably a cap cap thing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't necessarily the uh, the the best option that the Saints had. I think you know if you want to get more of Traquan Smith involved in that offense, I think there are a lot of people around the Saints building that really do like Traquan Smith. So you get him. Uh, more involved, I think you potentially have something that could be a lot cheaper than having Emmanuel Sanders on your books. And uh, they also released Jared Cook, so that can also get some opportunities for Adam Troutman. Yeah, tight end. They, they released their two other tight ends. It was Jared Cook, and then it was one more. So really, the only tight end that they have right now is, in fact, Adam Troutman. Who, I mean, if Zach Streif is anything to go by, who does uh, Saints games on the radio? Adam Troutman has a lot of potential in in the NFL. Yeah, because he seems to be very excited every time Adam Troutman uh, scored this season, which I believe is what three times. About three times. If I remember I think, off the top of my head, I think I think it was three. Something along those lines. He scored once. One time. <laughs> he was excited. He was excited for the one time. Was was Adam Troutman? Did he score in the slime zone? I don't think he scored in the slime zone. That's a shame. That, that that's that's a that's a tragic tragic shame. Because we we stand slime zone here on. The oh, that's what it was. He scored. He scored a touchdown in the infamous thirty-eight to three win in Tampa Bay. I thought for a second you were going to say Denver. I was going to say we're celebrating a guy for scoring against Denver that didn't have a starting quarterback. I was about to go. I was about to go nuts. Okay, thirty-eight to three against Tampa. Okay, all right. That was a that was a good game for him. Actually, he had uh, three catches for thirty-nine yards in the touchdown, and that was a thirteen point nine fantasy points career high. Oh, actually, no, it was not a career high. His career high in yardage is forty-five against Minnesota in Week sixteen. So, anyway, I guess the Saint, the Saints see see something in uh, in Adam Troutman, which is why they cut both of their tight ends. Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens at the other side of the draft if they bring in somebody or if they draft somebody. But I would assume that they're they're going to. But if it's if it's not a big name, Adam Troutman has a has a chance. Yep. All right. Is there anything you want to, anything else you want to say before we go into uh, fantasy football draft busts? Abby doesn't want to hear about busts. She wants to hear all about positivity today. I don't, I don't know if you can hear. I'm breaking the fourth wall once again. But Abby is just, she's vibing today. She's. Vibing. I think everybody hears whenever Abby says something. Abby makes her presence known on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Of course she does. She's the official dog of the Basement Talk Podcast Family Podcast. She knows what's up. Yep. I would say, and the one the one thing that I do want to say, and I'll say this quick before we move on to uh, to bus. Aaron Jones. I think that there were some people that were, in fact, surprised that the Packers let Aaron Jones go. I, I'm not surprised at all. The Packers love, love, love AJ Dillon, and me personally, I don't think the Packers are going to do enough where Aaron Jones is going to be back. To Green Bay. Now he could. I'm not saying it's not a possibility, 
but I just think that they're going to be more teams that are going to be more interested in Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones, the reports are saying that he could command roughly fourteen to sixteen million dollars a year, which for ew. me, which for me, yeah, yeah, that's just ew. So if I'm the Packers, I'm staying far away from that, and I'm, I'm gonna try and bring back Jamal Williams. But I really want to see A.J. Dillon be the potential starting running back for this offense because at the end of the year, A.J. Dillon was just – he was fantastic. I mean, he – it didn't really pop up for for fantasy as much over the course of the year, but the limited chances that he got the middle and the beginning of the year, but then the more consistent opportunities that he got, he was great. He, he really, really was. And I think Matt LaFleur – trusts him i think the offense wants to trust him and i think it's definitely more doable if you bring back jamal williams and you pair him with with aj Dillon and you let aaron jones walk i don't think it's the end of the world but is aaron Rodgers going to be happy with that because we know aaron jones was one of the more trusted pass catchers that aaron Rodgers had and that says a lot considering he's a running back so and also considering that Devontae Adams is on the Packers, also. Yeah, it's like Devontae Adams 50 feet of shit and then and then um and then Aaron Jones. <laughs> but if you're gonna let Aaron Jones walk, you're gonna need to bring in another pass catcher to go with Devontae Adams and Robert Tunyon as the two more trustworthy guys that Aaron Rodgers has. You're gonna need to bring in somebody else. And I don't know if the Packers are gonna go out of their way to bring in another another quality pass catcher that can come in and immediately contribute, basically saying sign one and not just draft one in the fourth round. Like they are just so accustomed to doing to try and get everybody to calm down about them not drafting a pass catcher for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, maybe Brian Gutekunst is playing uh, four-dimensional chess here by draft- when he drafted A.J. Dillon as early as he did. In, uh, in 2020, because he knew that Aaron Jones was probably going to demand too much money and walk? I I, I think so. I, I think he knew, just based on the negotiations that ex- existed, that Aaron Jones was going to command pretty penny and said, look, we need a backup plan in case he does not change his stance. And that's why they went and they drafted A.J. Dillon. So, uh, fair play. To Brian Kuttenkunst. Fair, fair, fair play. Yep. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's go into quarterback draft busts. It's going to be, it's going to be very, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It is very, very interesting because, I mean, a lot of the quarterbacks, at least in the top 15, they're pretty solid. I mean, you can definitely see, you can make cases for some players, but a lot of them are like, you know, these are guys who don't have a ton of question marks. I can think of one that might be a bit controversial, but seeing what what he did last year, um, it's Lamar Jackson. Hmm. He could definitely, he has bust potential just because of the fact that he, he has good ability with throwing the ball, but it's just not enough where you have, you know, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes who are all ranked ahead of him on fantasy pros. And even Deshaun Watson, who's ranked below him on fantasy pros uh, at fifth, Lamar Jackson's fourth. And um, all of those guys are dual threat quarterbacks who, who were the throwing part of their game is a lot more refined than Lamar Jackson's. And they also have the, the rushing aspect that, that is really, you know, desired with dual threat quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, it just hasn't come yet. The, the throwing aspect it's there sort of, but it hasn't come. It hasn't really fully developed yet. It's not consistent enough. That's well, the that too. Thing. It's just, it's just not consistent enough. And, and Adam, you, you you took mine, but don't worry. I have I have a backup. I have a backup. I think it's more controversial possibly than Lamar Jackson because this is a guy that everybody loves. So, um, my guy is Russell Wilson, and <gasps> it, it, oh it comes down to a, it comes down to a couple things. Number one, if he stays in Seattle, will Seattle let Russ cook? 
if they do, then I, I could see Russell Wilson being great. I, I truly could. If he gets traded, depends on where he goes and depends on the pieces that he has around him. If he goes to Chicago, I think he'll be okay. If he were to go to Miami, let's say, he'd be he'd be screwed. He goes to the Jets, let's say, he'd be screwed. He goes to the Giants, he'd be screwed. So, look, full disclosure, I don't think Russell Wilson is getting traded. I don't. Because it could be just a matter of you want to get Russell, you need to give Russell Wilson some assurances that he's going to get more opportunities, that he's going to build an offensive line around him, and you're going to give him more opportunities to get the ball downfield to guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And as Jake said on the Basin Talk podcast, which is 100% true, give him a few more dollars. Give him a few more dollars. Give him a few more years. Commit. Commit to Russell Wilson again. Make him and his agent happy. Done. Under the bed. Move on. My whole thing, though, comes with performance. And if we look at Russell Wilson and what he did through the first half or so of the season, he was absolutely ridiculous. He was the front runner for MVP of the entire league. 31 points, 34 points, 36, 21, 25. Then he had his bye. 32 points, 28 points, and 24 points. That's up to week nine. But then week 10 on is when it just gets absolutely all over the place for Russell Wilson. 11 points versus the Rams. 20 points versus the Cardinals. 14 points versus the Eagles. 16 points versus the Giants. 23 points versus the Jets. Not a surprise. 13 points versus Washington. 19 points versus the Rams. 18 points versus San Francisco. That is all over the map and if you ask me the first nine weeks that's a guy who should be drafted as a top four quarterback maybe top three maybe top two but the last the last eight weeks that's a guy who's not a top 12 quarterback I'm sorry so where is the middle ground with Russell Wilson I'm not exactly sure But he's got two things that work against him. Number one, he's got the fact that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League when it comes to uh, name recognition as well. That was the other one, name value. When it comes to drafts, two things that work against him is that he's one of the best and that he's got name value. So someone is going to say when they're on the clock in the sixth round, maybe it's not an experienced drafter. Maybe it is an experienced drafter and they love Russell Wilson. Oh well, fuck it. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Russell Wilson because I love him. He's got DK Metcalf because I lock it. He's got a great offense. Fine. I am not going to take Russell Wilson anywhere this year. I know I have DK Metcalf, so my hope, my hopes, and my keeper league kind of ride with Russell Wilson a little bit. But for me, I just I don't trust Russell Wilson enough to be a guy that can carry my uh, my team in that regard, plus the price you're going to pay is just, it's just not worth it. I mean, you look at guys that are below Russell Wilson. I, I mean, I'd rather have Joe Burrow easy. I would rather have, I'd rather, I, I, I could tell you right now who I'd rather have who on fantasy pros, I believe is 22. When we talked about it on Tuesday uh, for me, he's top 15 quarterback. Give me Carson Wentz where he's going over Russell Wilson. Easy. That's that's yeah. Easy. That's no, that, yeah, that is definitely. so that is so 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 easy. Give me Justin Herbert over Russell Wilson, no doubt about it. And here's one as well that I think a lot of people are going to just kind of raise eyebrows on. Give me Tom Brady where he's going over Russell Wilson. I think people are going to continue to doubt Tom Brady and say, "Oh, he's not. He, he he's getting older. He's not worth it." But that's that's it. If people are going to doubt Tom Brady, Tom Brady is going to fall further and further. So if you can get Tom Brady in the double-digit rounds, give me that all day over Russell Wilson in the sixth, seventh round. I mean, he had a pretty solid season. He had a great season. Looking at it. Yeah, he he had a great season. 40-plus touchdowns, I believe. He's probably – he had the most touchdowns that he's uh, had in the past seven years, basically. Wow, what a surprise. He's away he's away, away from Bill Belichick and has the most touchdowns that he's had in seven years. 
what a surprise. He has two of the best receivers in football and a, and a really, and two really good tight ends and two incredible running backs and a great offensive line. And he has one of the best seasons he's, he's ever had in the NFL in the past 10 years. So Adam, who would you rather have? I, I pulled up the uh, fantasy football calculator. Who would you rather yeah. have? Russell Wilson, who's going at the 5'10", or Tom Brady, who's going at the 7'2"? You can't ask me this and, ex- and expect a, an unbiased answer. Who would you rather have? I'd rather have Russell Wilson. You are out of your mind. If there's anybody other than Tom Brady, I'd rather have, I'd rather have that person, though. Take I'd rather your, take your bias hat off. What's the better value taking Tom Brady in the seventh round or Russell Wilson in the fifth? Tom Brady. Thank in you. The seventh round is the better value. Thank you. That's all. That's all I was looking for. I was not asking. I was not asking you to compliment Tom Brady. That, that I know that would never happen. I know, but just saying that I would pick Tom Brady in, in a in, in, in any sort of scenario, even if it is fake and hypothetical, I just can't do it. Oh, I know, I know, but it's not, it's, we're, we're, we're coming around with you, Adam. We're going to get you to say something remotely kind about Tom Brady soon enough. Good luck with that. I'll try. I'd, ra- I'd rather have Justin Herbert where he's going, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, where he's going, Joe Burrow, where he's going and Matthew Stafford, honestly, over Russell Wilson, where they're going as far as values are concerned. Uh, you have no disagreements with me. Absolutely no disagreements with me. I mean, I'll pull up fantasy football calculator again. So Russell Wilson, 5'10". Literally three picks later is where Justin Herbert's going. They're going in the same sort of spot. I'd rather have Herbert over Wilson. I'd rather have Herbert over Wilson as well. 5'10", Russell Wilson. 7'5", Joe Burrow. 8'8", eight, eight, Ryan Tannehill. 5'10", Russell Wilson. 9-5, Matthew Stafford, 5-10, Russell Wilson. We keep going down the list. Even like even like a Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is sitting at the 11-7. While the weather's warm, I'd rather have Big Ben. What about like Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan? I'd rather have Russell Wilson over Baker Mayfield. Just because I I can't trust Baker on a week-to-week basis like I can trust Russell. But Matt Ryan? I'd rather have Matt Ryan over, over Russell Wilson. I would. That is – I mean, yeah. Just based, on where, but just, just based on where they're going. Based on value. Yeah, absolutely based on value. Who's the better quarterback between Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan? It's Russell Wilson, of course. But who would I rather have? I would rather have Matt Ryan. I'm happy that you made that clear because people can people can kind of uh, make their own assumptions out of that and say, oh, well, Bird said that Matt Ryan's better than Russell Wilson. Oh, someone will say it. Yeah. No, Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than, than Matt Ryan, but I would rather have Matt Ryan. At where he's going. At where he's going, correct. Okay. So running back busts. I think I said, I believe I said this uh, last episode on Tuesday. And we're we're having a moratorium on Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Who? We're not fucking exactly. Who? We're not talking about them. From all for all I know, and for all that you know, they're retired. I don't even know who not, they are. Because we're not talking about them. Don't even know who they are. Who? Todd exactly. Bell and Le'Veon Gurley? Le'Veon Gurley. Him? Right. Oh yeah, I I know him. I see Todd him. Bell sounds like a real person, but Le'Veon Gurley does not sound like a real person. Le'Veon Gurley, I scouted him when he was at Jacksonville State. Great guy. Jacksonville State. Yeah, and Todd Bell when he was playing for Georgia Tech, of course. <clears throat> see, it would have made more sense if you said that uh, Le'Veon Gurley played for Michigan, and Todd, and then Todd Bell played for Georgia Tech. I don't want people to know who they really are. I don't, I don't want to say Le'Veon Bell played, played for Michigan State and Todd Gurley played for Georgia. I don't want people to know that. Moratorium, remember. I think, I think everybody knows that, especially now that you just said it. Okay, good. 
Okay. Anyway. Moratorium starts now. Moratorium starts now. Draft busts at running back. Um, this is interesting. I think people might say Aaron Jones. I I can see a I could see a case being made for Aaron Jones. Depends where he goes. Depends where he goes. Really depends on where he goes. Uh, it seems like well, if Mike McCagan was GM of the Jets, that would be that would be a Jets signing to sign. Oh, he would sign for a like six-year that. deal in a heartbeat. Oh, I hate Mike McCagan so much. Six-year deal in in a in a heartbeat. Could um, have quit. We could have had Quentin Nelson and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but no, but no, of course not. You want me to give mine? Yes. Okay, mine is mine is actually pretty easy in terms of who I think the the bust is going to be for uh, for the for the running backs, and I mean. I could say Melvin Gordon, but I think that's just that's so easy. So I'm not going to go and say that. I'm going to be a bit. Melvin Gordon's hard. ranked 24. I don't think that's like a bust. Yeah, like a I'll bust be, area. I'll be more. I'll be more controversial then. Um, Miles Sanders. Miles Ooh. Sanders for me is is going to be my bust, and I think it's more because I am just not a huge fan of anybody on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that absolutely love. My Jalen Hurts, for me, I am I, I'm I'm not on that. You you can't get me to be on that. I think the Eagles are going to be an absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible football team, and I think that's going to end up hurting Miles Sanders. So for me, Miles Sanders is going to be my bust at the running back position. Okay, my bust is a is slightly more controversial than that, but maybe not if you have been listening to episodes of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Saquon Barkley. Yes, Mr. Burtzall, you have this grin on your face. Please continue. Uh, Saquon Barkley. I'm very happy that I'm not the guy that's blasting Saquon Barkley. I thought about it, but I didn't want people to say, mm, you're hating against the Giants. Mm. See, no one says that about me when I say that I don't like Tom Brady. Yes, because you are impartial. Except for when it comes to Tom Brady. But I think but for the most part, everybody hates Tom Brady so they can get behind you. That's fair. With good Most reason. people who listen to this podcast don't hate the New York Giants. <laughs> that is also fair. I'm very ambivalent towards the New York Giants. Fuck the Giants. Next. Go go, no, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead, Adam. I didn't let you have your explanation on, on Saquon, please. So Saquon, Saquon Barkley, um, coming back from a devastating knee injury, a torn ACL, which, I mean, it. we've said this about other players a torn ACL really is a two-year injury where um, you you tear your ACL, you have the reconstruction surgery, and you're rehabbing, you're rehabbing, you're rehabbing to get back into kind of playing shape. But really, you don't know how the knee is going to react until you have a full or even a partial season of doing running back things on that knee. And you kind of have to get more strength back into, into your knee and you have to get used to having the, like get used to having that sort of procedure being done. And it's different. And also the fact of the matter is, is that Saquon Barkley already has an injury history even before he was lost for the season in, in 2020 due to a torn ACL. So I don't think Saquon Barkley, he's not he's obviously not guaranteed to play 16 games. But also he I mean he's very, very good, but who knows what's going to be going on with the Giants and and Daniel Jones also. That was where I was gonna attack it. Is I just think the team around Saquon Barkley is absolutely terrible. I think that this offense is a mess. I think that offensive line is a joke. I think the play calling for the Giants is absolutely ungodly, but I love I wonder it. Why you, I wonder why you said that. I wonder I, why you say that. I love the Giants fans getting a piece of my own medicine. I absolutely love it. It is it is music to my ears to hear the Giants fans complain about Jason Garrett. It's like, oh, now you're seeing what I complained about for the last 10 years. Welcome to the club. We, have something, like, we have something in common, you bellens. It's like uh, Nets fans saying, oh, man, our team doesn't play defense. And it's like, well, you know, welcome to the Mike D'Antoni experience. <laughs> welcome to the Mike D'Antoni <laughs> show. Yes. 
<laughs> you know what's very interesting, and I mentioned I mentioned Bellens. You know who you know who I saw when I was watching the Champions League coverage yesterday. Who? I happened to see Jamie Carragher. Oh, Jamie Carragher was talking about the Champions League on CBS. Talk about Porto. Talk about Juventus. Cristiano Ronaldo, great player, great great player. Couldn't couldn't uh, make it past Porto though. Couldn't make it past Porto. Something something's going on. Juventus has to be figured out immediately. Figured out immediately. It's like what's going on Liverpool. Absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful stuff. Eight in a row at home. Eight in a row at Anfield. Are you taking the piss? Are you taking the piss? You have Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Jorginho Vinaldo. Actually, I don't think Firmino was playing against Fulham. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I'm just pointing out the players that Liverpool. Jamie Carragher is pointing out the, the players that Liverpool has. Okay. But then you have a team that goes and loses to Fulham. 1-0. Are you taking the piss? Stephen, what do you think of this? Yeah, of course. I don't know about Liverpool, but all I know is that Rangers are the champions of the Scottish Premier League. And we have one game. One game to go unbeaten against Celtic. Against Celtic, Jamie. We're going to do what we need to do to go unbeaten in the Scottish Premier League. So enjoy Liverpool, Jamie. Yeah, of course. Thank, Thank you, you for Stephen. that. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for that. But look at Man City with Pep Guardiola. One of the best teams in the land. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. <laughs> Are you done? Uh, no. <laughs> how do? How, oh, that's right. We're talking about. I was talking about the Champions League coverage that I, that I, that I watched yesterday. Yes. <sighs> Anywho. Anyway. So, like, how? What are you saying? You said the Giants are going to be bad because terrible. They're, they're, yeah, be, they're going to be terrible because of Jason Garrett. Oh well, yeah, because Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's a shit show, but I love it. Hopefully, hopefully Joe Judge gets fired soon. So that way Jason Garrett could be the head coach of the Giants. That would be amazing. Nothing against Joe Judge. I'm sure I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. Family man. Loves Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard too. I'm, I'm sure. But I just want to see him fired. So Jason Garrett can be the head coach of the Giants. It would be absolutely wonderful for all to say. So Adam, I... Don't disagree with you on the Saquon Barkley take. I, I don't disagree. Okay. You don't disagree. But do you agree with me? Well, it's tough. It's tough because, yes, the ACL is a major concern. We've seen generational running backs come back from torn ACLs, namely Adrian Peterson. Listen, not everybody is Adrian Peterson. You can't just understood, understood. But if there is one guy that can be at the level of Adrian Peterson, this is the guy. I know I'm complimenting a New York Giant. Shoot me. So what you're saying is that Saquon Barkley is going to rush for 2,000 yards and be within touching distance of Eric Dickerson's single season record. No, I'm saying we'll come back from a torn ACL because he's a physical specimen. And potentially could have a great year. Okay. But, but all acknowledging that the team is terrible, the offensive line sucks, and that overall, Saquon Barkley is basically the only guy in that offense that has any level of talent whatsoever. That's fair. Because the, the, the Giants, they suck. And they're going to suck. They could be they could be just as bad as the Jets. I mean, the Giants defense is good. And the offensive line has been better. That's true. The, the Giants' defense is good. Okay, I'll give them credit for that. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. And, I mean, I guess if if they finish with the same record, and then I think the Jets are going to be better this year. Also, 
you know, you have the stink of Adam Gaze out of there. True. True. You you could have the uh, the the Adam Gaze bounce. The fact that he's not there anymore. Right. Would it surprise anybody the Jets go ten and six? No, it wouldn't, because Jets coaches always do really well in their first year. True. True. And then the rot slowly begins. So okay. Let's move on to receivers. And the I mean the rankings for uh the receivers on fantasy pros are interesting. They are very interesting. About as interesting as we've seen with with running backs and things of that nature, where you have Michael Thomas above DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley. I think that's fascinating. And also the the rise of Stefan Diggs. He's a he is uh number four on fantasy pros. Mm-hmm. As far as draft busts, I don't know. What's the threshold you think for this? Like 25, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that um somebody like Deontay Johnson could be a draft bust. He's ranked uh, 22nd in on fantasy pros. And we saw last year that, I mean, not only was he, you know, injured for uh, a fair amount of the season, but he also was very inconsistent, just like the entire Pittsburgh Steelers receiving core, where you you had it was like you it was like a guessing game of who's going to have the big night today between Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, if Pittsburgh doesn't bring Juju back, then um, it, the game gets a lot easier because you only have two receivers to pick from. But I still don't think that Deontay Johnson can put together a consistent enough season to be ranked where he is, where he is ranked above guys like Tyler Lockett, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, Odo Beckham Jr., Tyler Boyd, D.J. Chark, and Will Fuller. I think aside from maybe Will Fuller, I'd have just about all those players above Deontay Johnson or over Deontay Johnson. You know what I think it comes down to? I think it just comes down to the fact that the Steelers offense could just be absolutely terrible. That too. Quite frankly. And yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm really willing to go and spend a potential top five round pick on Deontay Johnson. I just don't know if I'm really willing to do it. I do have him as a top 24 receiver, um, but I don't love it. I don't love it. Yeah. Who is your draft bust at receiver? Um, mine's going to be a bit more controversial and I know people love him, but uh, my guy is AJ Brown. I'm not shocked. My guy is A.J. Brown, and it comes down to he's going to be now the main guy in the passing game for the Titans. And if they don't bring anybody else that has name value into this offense to catch passes from Ryan Tannehill, and it's just A.J. Brown, and then you have you know a sprinkling of Khalif Raymond or Anthony Ferkser. Or I think Michael Khalif Raymond isn't even on the team anymore. Is Khalif Raymond not even on the team? I, don't, I think he got cut. I know Adam Humphreys got cut. Yeah, you know, Adam, Adam Humphreys is gone. I know Corey Davis is gone. I know John Smith is pretty much gone. So I don't. I, is Khalif, if Khalif Raymond's not on the team, then it just even further validates my point that the Titans just need to be bringing in bodies that could potentially catch passes. But you need one that has name value, and you know AJ Brown is going to be consistently getting doubled. I understand that he's really good. I understand that people love him, but he's being drafted right now as the tenth receiver off the board which for me is way, 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 way too rich. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Because you have a scenario where A.J. Brown was playing hurt all year. I think he said something along the lines of, I could have had cert, like, they told me that I was out for the season, but I still played and put up the season that he, and he put up the season that he did when he could have been, quote, unquote, out for the season. So. Um, I mean, that's impressive, but also AJ Brown did miss time with that bone bruise in his knee. 
and he was hurt. Let's be real. And if he is the guy in, in Tennessee and he is like the only guy in Tennessee, because obviously they're starting tight end and they're other and their number two receiver in John Smith and Corey Davis are not going to be there anymore. And um, yeah, that's, it's going to have all of the attention focused on AJ Brown in the passing game. And you know, that Tennessee likes to run the football. So already that kind of hampers AJ Brown's value. And now if he is the guy that's going to be double covered, then it's like, what are you going to do with, you're going to expect AJ Brown to have some like weird mammoth performance every couple of weeks or something along those lines to kind of offset that. But really you have guys like Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, Julio Jones, Chris Goblin, Terry McLaurin, and Kenny Galladay who are ranked below him. There are guys ranked uh, from 10 to 15 respectively on fantasy pros who I think are better at where they're going to be going than somebody like AJ Brown. The only two guys I wouldn't take over AJ Brown are Godwin and Galladay. But I, and I could have said God when I could have said Galladay, but I feel like I've talked about them so much that it, it, it just wasn't worth spinning it out again. Yeah. I was just rattling off some names, yeah, but you yeah. know, ab- absolutely. I, to- I totally get that, but I wasn't going to say Godwin or Galladay because I think people would just said, Oh, but you've talked about them a thousand times. You, you Fair enough. Want to be, want to be different. Fair enough. But I do see where you're coming from with AJ Brown. I mean, I, I would, I had AJ Brown, um, last season and it was, there are points where it was frustrating. Um, that Thursday night game against Indianapolis is a prime example of that For sure. where he was healthy and he just, he draw he dropped passes and it just did not go well for AJ Brown. And I mean, let's, let's remember also that he, he's young also, so maybe he could have grown out of that uh, heading into this season, but it, it, I think I'd rather have a couple more. I don't. I mean, not all these guys that I named off are more established than AJ Brown because Je- Justin Jefferson is going into his uh, into his second year in the NFL. Terry McLaurin is a young guy, but I think some of the guys there that I named that I named are more established NFL veterans, and of have a track record of doing it more consistently than A.J. Brown. Agreed, but we can't be surprised if A.J. Brown just continues to ball out because he's very good. He's very he's good. very good. No. I mean, he's not a bust in the traditional sense, I feel like. He still has a, he still has the potential to be a breakout, like a really good player. I wouldn't even say breakout. I would I say he's broken out already. I just think he, he has. Can, I mean, he just can really continue good. to be really good. Right. He's but for me, where to, he's going, where he's going, I, I, I just, no. You're right. I can't do it. Okay. All right. Last but not least, tight ends. Tight end busts. Um, one of the obvious names, um, I think we talk about this a lot, and that's Mark Andrews as a tight end bust, where it's the same, it goes kind of in lockstep with Lamar Jackson where Lamar Jackson is not consistent throwing the ball. Um, And also the fact that the Ravens offense throwing the ball is not consistent really either. And you just don't have that kind of guaranteed floor or value that Mark Andrews had. Like you don't have a guaranteed floor with Mark Andrews that you have with the top three tight ends in Kelsey Kittle and Darren Waller. And somebody that is in quote unquote tier two of fantasy pros who I'd rather have over Mark Andrews is somebody like TJ Hawkinson. Mm. Where I think TJ Hawkinson is a guy that he has shown that he has been very good in the NFL. He has consistent quarterback play. Um, you know, as much as we hate Jared Goff, he he is competent enough to be able to throw the ball well to tight ends. And the same thing with Matthew Stafford um, the past couple of years that TJ Hawkinson was in the league. So I think that I'd rather have where they're going. I'd rather have 
uh, TJ Hawkinson over Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews going right now is the four ten. TJ Hawkinson is going as the six seven. I think that the value just speaks for itself. That would oh my god, that's amazing. Hawkinson. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, do, if you trust Jared Goff enough, that is, then yeah, you would take TJ Hawkinson. Uh, bust the tight end position for me, and this the, this is a tricky position because I, I'm look. I could be a hipster and I could just say, oh, yeah, I think Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle and Darren Waller, they're all going to be bust where they're going. I'm not going to do that. I'm not stupid. If I had to pick one guy that I think is going to be a bust, how about this one? I'm going to say Noah Fant. And I love Noah Fant. I do. But That's why me, I'm surprised. For me, it just comes down to the fact that Denver absolutely sucks. They absolutely suck. Now, if you're getting no offense in the double-digit rounds, all power, do it. Because he'll be really, really good value there. But if you're taking no offense as the, say you're taking him as the sixth or seventh tight end up the board, I'm sorry, I am not doing that. No, no, no. Hell no. No chance. That I would go and I would go and take no offense there. I would just wait to the later rounds and take a take a Logan Thomas or take a Cole Komet or take a Blake Jarwin. I would rather do that if he's going in the single digit rounds. If he's going double digit rounds, oh hell yeah. Hell yeah. Be all over that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I it depends on what on what Denver does in in the offseason at quarterback. If they think that they're going if they see something in Drew Locke where they're like, well, we're going to keep him and see how much he, how much more he develops in, in, in his third year. Or if they're like, well, we're going to try and land a big fish like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, or they're just, or whoever else is a, a free agent quarterback, or they just draft somebody again. And I've heard it is more likely the latter, that the Broncos could be drafting a quarterback in the first round. And I've heard the one guy that everyone seems to be talking about with the Broncos is Justin Fields. That there is a real possibility of that happening. Joe Douglas's phone lines are open. Well, I think there's a there's a belief that Justin Fields falls in this draft. Ooh. Well, yeah, I think people are so people are really hyping up Zach Wilson so much that I would I honestly wouldn't be shocked that if Justin Fields is the fourth quarterback taken. No, it wouldn't shock me one bit, given the hype that is around Zach Wilson, given the hype that already exists with Trevor Lawrence. And even to an extent, the hype now that's that's seemingly starting to happen with Mac Jones, that there are teams that are starting to really, really come around in terms of liking Mac Jones. Yeah. And even, even Trey Lance to, to, to an extent, I, I, me personally, I haven't heard anything about teams being like white hot for Lance, not yet. But the one guy that seems to be making the most movement out of the quarterbacks as of right now is Mac Jones that I've heard because everyone, everyone that the, the, the the hype with Wilson, we all we all know what it is. We all know that. And then Trevor, of course, it's Trevor. But the, outside of those two, the only guy that seems to be making moves up the board is, is, is Mac Jones out of the, the round one crop of, of quarterbacks. I think my question about that is, I mean, do you think that we could talk about this more when we do our quarterback preview show for the draft, but do you think the teams are kind of overthinking it? where they're like trying where they see something like, well, maybe if we look at it from a new angle, it'll be different when really it could just be what it is. I mean, I'm thinking about it more in the context of, of Chris Sims rating Zach Wilson above Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you're overthinking it a bit where like Trevor Lawrence is very, very good. And you look at, yeah, that's overthinking it to me, but that's, that's also someone that's not employed by, 
an NFL team. That's someone that's employed by a media company that is trying his best to generate clicks. Now, if he's right, then you give him credit. He's right. But if he's not, then he just looks like a member of the media that was looking to generate clicks, as as, as they all do to, to an extent. Um, but again, I don't think teams are overthinking it in terms of Mac Jones versus Justin Fields. Because me personally, I think Mac Jones is the better quarterback prospect than Justin Fields is. But that's just me. And I think I would... I would, I'll show that in, in my ranks. I have it. I'll just give you a, a brief preview of that. I don't have Justin Fields in my top three of quarterbacks. And I think that, sound, that sounds crazy to some people, given, of course, Mr. OHIO. But I'm sorry. I got to look at it from the lens of a talent evaluator. And I think that Mac Jones is a better quarterback prospect than Justin Fields is. Okay. Well, he'd probably be the first one. Mac Jones, the first Alabama, first Alabama quarterback in a while to succeed in the NFL. If it pans out that way, yes. If it does pan out that way, yeah. Yep. I can't think of any others besides uh, Joe Willie Namath as far as Alabama quarterbacks to, to succeed in the NFL. To succeed? Yeah. Uh, Bart Starr, I believe. Oh, I didn't know he went to Alabama. That's cool. I believe he did. I'm just, I'm just checking I'm checking my uh, my facts just to make sure that I am right. Yeah, yeah, University of Alabama. No wonder they were so good. They went from Joe Namath, or they went from Bart Starr to Joe Namath. I'm trying to think of, of any other ones that are on the top of my head. Um, Joe Namath, Bart Starr, I think, I think Kenny Stabler too former quarterback for the at the time Los Angeles Raiders. That's true. A fellow lefty. Yes, fellow lefty. I think he also went to Alabama. Interesting. Those are, the, those are the only three that I could think of off the top of my head that actually succeeded. But if we're going off of just quarterbacks in general that went to Alabama, you have Greg McElroy, you have AJ McCarron, you have the world's favorite head coach, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, well, I mean Greg McElroy, you don't want to say, yeah, well. Uh, your guy, your guy. You love Greg McElroy. Love him. I loved him when he was like the second, was like the second string or third string quarterback for the Jets. Where it's like, oh, we took a quarterback in the sixth. Who cares? We have Mark Sanchez. Fair. But when and then he was London like, Bridge came tumbling down. But then when it's like, well, actually, we're benching Mark Sanchez for Greg McElroy in this game against the Cardinals, where the Jets win six to three somehow in 2012. I was I was a bit more sour on Greg McElroy. Just a tiny bit. I'd rather not talk about that 2012 season. I, that's uh, I I just rather not do it. We don't have to. I'll I, I'll save you from yourself on this one. Okay. Well, anyhow, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show but every episode of every podcast under the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts on Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. How many fucking times did I just say podcast in that in those past two minutes? A lot of times. Aye. A lot anyway, of times. Uh, what are we doing next week? Ah, uh, that's a very good question. So we have. I can tell you what we are doing next week. So next week, we are doing a free agency prediction show that's going to come out on Tuesday and then on Thursday when we get hopefully a wave of free agent signings that happen depending on where the most action is we're going to start our divisional breakdowns so that's going to last about seven or eight episodes those those division breakdowns and then after that we'll be way into April and then it'll be time to start breaking down the NFL draft and going through the quarterbacks, going through the running backs, the pass catchers, which all ultimately will lead up to the two-part mock draft that will be happening. There'll be one episode that airs on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, and then there'll be another part. The other part will air on the Basement Talk Podcast. Then we get to the draft. And then Friday morning after the draft, I don't know where it's going to be yet. Hopefully it'll be on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, but if it's not, it'll be on the Basement Talk Podcast. 
there will be a round one review. Then we go to focus on rounds two, round three, do both predictions for the rest of the draft. And then the following week, that Monday or Tuesday, is when we review the entire draft, look at situations that have changed. And then after that show, then we do a mock. We do our first legit mock, which is in the first week of May. Fun stuff. Fun, a lot, fun stuff. A lot going on that I just rambled about for the last three minutes. So, Were you writing that down, uh, listeners? Because I wasn't. I have it all written down. Don't worry. All you listeners have to do is sit back, do your mock drafts, keep studying, and keep listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Mark your calendars. Yes. Oh, and breaking news. Uh, Artem Panarin is back on the ice. <gasps> I love it. Yes. Matt just uh, popped it up on my uh, my screen. Oh. I'm unfortunately hidden hidden barge into the room this time. No, we we, we can we can only have great content once in a while. It's like once at once a series, once a, once a month, once in a blue moon. Yeah. Anyway, for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye bye.